still get my lightning and thunderstorm ambiance it's been a, some good background noise Just random explosion <laughs> happening on the show well, you never know what, what uh what game did you guys talk about ghouls, ghouls and ghosts. ghosts oh see it's perfect yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like it sounded like he was recording it in a graveyard or something <laughs> that, that you know that's true yeah yeah and uh, his wife would come in and hit him, and all of his armor would just randomly fall off. <laughs> Why am I in my boxers? I don't know. <laughs> Turn into a pile of bones, whatever. <laughs> Why am I a duck? Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's jump into it. Um, yeah, for uh, welcome to another episode of Geek Nerdery. I uh, really wanted to talk about the new uh, Nintendo Switch for this episode. So I figured who better to call than the guys from the Graveyard Duck podcast, Scott and Wes. Say hello. Hello, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And yeah, if you haven't listened to their show, you need to go over. Uh, it's a retro gaming podcast. What are you, uh, it, it, more than likely anybody listening to this has probably heard your episode, but why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, play uh, uh, Ringmaster and uh, sell people on it? Go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah. So we just work. We're, we're kind of new, just like Geek Nerdery is. Um, recorded episode four just this week. Um, basically, the idea. Wes and I are both, you know, big uh, retro gaming, old school gaming nerds, and um, record episodes where we basically just look at some game from mostly third, fourth generation consoles, which is like the eight uh, bit, sixteen bit era. Um, pick one game per episode, spend about an hour talking about um, our memories of it, nostalgia, fun, you know, tips and tricks from the game, and just, um, yeah, why the game's great, or I'm sure eventually why the game's not great, but we haven't hit any of those episodes yet, but I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> Anytime now. It's yeah, fun because all- a lot of the episodes are, you know, games that we both grew up loving, but uh, – just this week, we recorded one where I had never played the game before uh, Wes suggested it. So mm-hmm. there's some new exposures, too. Yeah, I was going to say, we also do some that uh, occasionally one of us hasn't played. So um, you get kind of a nice uh, balance between, you know, a game that somebody might have grown up with and loved, and you get a fresh impression uh, mm-hmm. from somebody that may not have, you know, played it before. So, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the things yeah, I like about your guys' show is it's not a. Uh... Uh, sort of step-by-step review of a video game. Mm. Uh, it's mostly like um, looking back on like how you felt when you first got it and like, you know, what led up to you buying it and like all that stuff. It's a lot more of like a personal story rather than just uh, uh, here's a, here's a, yeah, here, basically here's a walkthrough of, mm-hmm. of, you know, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, for instance. It's, it's a well, lot more personal stories about the game and stuff, which I think is awesome. Well, yeah. to, some de- to some degree, we kind of figure that um, if you're listening to a show about old school games, you've probably played the game, you know, or at least are an enthusiast. So, yeah, giving an actual point-by-point review or walkthrough is not necessarily mm. interesting yeah. to people. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um and yeah, if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, like we're all about the nostalgia and we 
you know, post songs of the day and, you know, random trivia bits and just try to get you feeling all warm and fuzzy about games that you played 20, 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Doiner just posted, just messaged me something so that threw me off for a second. Um, <laughs> he'll, he'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everybody needs to uh, head over to Geek Nerdery and make sure to check out Graveyard Duck. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a great, if you're really into retro games, like it's awesome just to sit and listen to you guys just sort of reminisce about these old video games and stuff. Yeah. We have a hell of a good time doing it. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, we try to shoot for about an hour episode, uh, about every two weeks. So nice. Yeah. Perfect length and uh perfect, uh, sort of amount of time. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not talking about old video games this week. We're talking about uh, the new Nintendo Switch, um, which has been out for a little while, so we figured we'd kind of go over it and get everybody's thoughts. Yeah, it's been, uh, uh, what, about two months now? Coast yeah. yeah. In the February, I think, beginning of March. Uh, March 3rd, I think, is when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around now. Um, so I'll kind of start it off, because I think what's really funny is... Um, all three of us uh, at first said that we weren't like super excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it looked kind of cool, but I was just going to, with all these new game systems, it's usually sometimes better just to kind of let it sit for a little bit, let them get all the bugs worked out before you kind of jump in and then like shit's not working the way it's supposed to and you're getting frustrated. So I was going to just sort of hold off and, uh, you know, buy one at some point, but was not like jumping. I wasn't going to go, uh, I wasn't going to pre-order and I wasn't going to jump in like first weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I'm excited, but I'll wait. Then the problem is I went to work one day um, <laughs> and it was the day it came out and my coworker had bought it and was playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, of course. Mm-hmm. And I sit and watch them play for like three minutes and immediately was like, God damn it, I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, this is like the the first weekend it's out. So basically everybody told me good luck. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like scouring like like the Target Walmart websites and stuff and (laughs) trying to see like availability. And I was like, God damn it, I want it. And uh, even one Walmart in uh, Bloomington, which is about 45 minutes away, had two of them in stock. And so I called, and they're like, oh, we're not allowed to hold stuff unless you pre-order it, which I'm just like, bullshit. <laughs> but I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to make the trip for Peoria, so just, just letting you know. So I drove the 45 minutes, got to Walmart, and then uh, the guy behind the counter was like, Oh, yeah, we just sold both of those like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm just like, you son of a bitch. And I got to so, jump in here real quick and just say, like, that night, um, Shannon and I were going out to dinner, and we're like, well, let's, you know, let's see what Brian and Amanda are doing, you know. So uh, I think I texted you. I said, hey, uh, you know, are you guys interested in going out to dinner? And, like, I got a message back and just said, I'm on my way to Bloomington to get a switch. And I was like, wait, what? Did I text the right person? (laughs) I was just shocked. So, yeah. So yeah, it didn't happen. But, and then I, 
vented my frustrations on Facebook. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, Delana, who if uh, you're, you listen to the Awesome 80s podcast, it's uh, Michael's wife, mm. um, sent me a text and she's like, you know, sometimes they get a lot of stuff here in Galesburg that um, like people think it's a, since it's a college town, they send a lot of them. But then, like, you know, it's not that big of a college town, so people never go buy this shit. She's like, Which, you want- for people who don't know, is also about 45 minutes away from you, but in the opposite direction of Wilmington. Yeah, right. And uh, so she's like, so do you want me to just check and see if they have it at Target? Because it's, like, right down the road from their house. And I was like, look, I mean, like, if you're going to Target, sure. Don't, like, make a special trip or anything. And she's like, oh. child right now. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's pregnant. pregnant, was she? Uh, I don't know, like several, four or five. Yeah, you made a pregnant woman ah. look for your game system. God, I, mean, I, just, I just had a cat jump on my back. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> Good lord. Sorry. So yeah, so she's like four or five months pregnant, and so I'm just like, look, don't make a special trip, but. She's one of those super nice people. Shove an old lady down onto the side and push those little kids out <laughs> to get my switch. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so she calls me. Uh, this is like the next day after the Walmart experience. She calls me from Target and she's like, so they have like the gray one or they have the red and blue one. Which one do you want? And I was satisfied with just like, look, I kind of want the red and blue one, but I'm just going to take whatever I can find. And then here she is just standing in Target with like one in each hand, just like, well, which one should I get? And I was like, shit. They literally <laughs> do just get tons of shit like mailed to them. And then <laughs> they end up not selling them. So she was nice enough to pick it up for me. And me and Amanda made a trip out to uh, Galesburg to pick it up and hang out and just kind of chat with them for a while. And uh, for all of what? <laughs> seconds. And then you grab the switch and come out the door, right? No, we actually stayed there for a while. Give me my toy. I actually sat down on the couch and like opened it and was like messing with it while her and Amanda were kind of chatting. And it's funny because Delana was taking a picture of something. And then she's like, oh, do you want me to take a picture of you and your baby? And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) yes, please. So I got a nice picture of me and my Switch. Nice. uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much how I got it. And I was like. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I got it. And I got it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Or that first weekend, which is a shock to everybody. So yeah. it was just kind of weird how it works considering I didn't even want one and wasn't even paying attention. But yeah. then like within a span of five minutes was like, oh, I want one. I need one. <laughs> and had to get it right away. Jingle all the way starring Brian. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I was the second one of the three of us to get one. And, you know, like Brian said, I was very reluctant at first. And from what I remember, you were pretty against the Switch. I was. Because you're a big fan of the 3DS. And you were afraid since it's both a handheld and a console. Well, it. Start uh, phasing out the 3DS. Exactly. And, you know, it was that was one of like three concerns I had. Um, one of them was that, yeah, I thought that, you know, this was Nintendo's way of undoing the 3DS. And, you know, I, I had just bought the new 3DS, which was the upgrade. So it's like, okay, yeah. I spent an extra hundred bucks to do that because they were releasing all the Super Nintendo Virtual Console, which I'm like, yes. Um, and then 
a year later, they're like, oh, we're done with that. And it's like, okay, thanks for taking my money. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, the, the Switch comes out, and it's like, oh, this is going to be our new handheld. It's like, ah, you know, you're, you're killing the system that I love. Um, I also, like, the, the early rumors of what the system was going to cost was, you know, they were talking like $450, which I just was like, this is insane for a game system. And, like, it, you know, obviously... I'm a retro gamer. If you look at the, you know, Nintendo consoles, I've owned all of them except for the Wii U. But like the number of cartridges that I've owned for each one has gone from like 200 to 100 to like for the N64, it was down to six. For the GameCube, it was like three. Um, and it's so I just knew that it's like I, I just don't have interest in modern games. So especially to spend 450 bucks on one, I'm just like, I just can't justify it. Um, and what turned me around was Brian, you got one and Wes, you had breath of the wild for the Wii U. Right. And, you know, I've been a Zelda diehard fan from day one, but after like link to the past, that franchise, in my opinion, you know, took a huge nosedive and all of the games were so like, they hold your hand, they, you know, give you tutorials, they walk you through everything. It's just so you know, there, there's no creativity, there's no exploration in them. And so when the two of you were talking about Breath of the Wild and you're like, no, 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 like it's not that at all. And it's literally, you can go do whatever the hell you want. And the console was only $300. And, you know, the gimmick of it being the, you know, sit on your con console and be the TV or your handheld both. It's like, okay, I kind of came around on that. I was like, all right, so I do want one of these. And uh, my birthday is the 1st of April. So basically, like, for all of March, when this thing was out, all my wife could hear me talk about was how I wanted one of these damn things. And <laughs> Pretty much overnight. It was, just went from not yeah. caring to, oh, I want it. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, I also knew that there was no realistic way I was going to get one. Um so like we were kind of talking about it. it's like you know it, it would be great but it's just like we talked about like well maybe it's just worth getting a wii u because i could at least still play zelda you know but mm -hmm. the price of those like skyrocketed at, at the same time so it was kind of like okay maybe for my birthday like i'll just get money and then when these things finally become available in like i don't know june i'll have the money to just buy one um so my birthday was on a saturday my wife happened to go out birthday shopping for me, I think that Thursday before, and her plan was to just go and she was going to buy me Zelda and just know that, you know, when the Switch has finally came available, at least I would have the game that I wanted and didn't have to buy that also. So she goes to Best Buy and buys Zelda and she's got it in her hand and one of the guy clerks walks by and it's like, oh, could you need any help with anything? And she's like, you know, I'm just curious, like, have you even gotten any Switches in? He goes, oh, I've got one right now. And she's like, wait, what? Like, seriously? And he goes, yeah, it's in the back. Like, do you want, it's it's the gray one. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so like, she followed him like a puppy because she was convinced he was like wrong or like that he was going to go in the back and come out and be like, oh, my mistake. It was actually something else. That guy doesn't even work there. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like to come with me? Yeah, it's, it's in my van. You want to come see it? <laughs> <laughs> but no he comes out of the back room and he's like yeah here you go like we just got a couple in and 
So like she was blown away two days before my birthday. Here she is holding one and just had no idea and never thought she'd get one. So she buys it, brings it home. And um, then, yeah, for my birthday, it was, it was there as a surprise. And I was just like, what the hell? Like never expected that I'd actually get one. And uh, it was a good thing too, because they're still not available. So, um, Mm. you know, I'd still be waiting, but yeah, that was a hell of a good birthday. And uh, (laughs) total shock. Yeah, I'd say so. So how'd you get yours, Wes? Well, um, I was kind of lukewarm to it at first. I watched the reveal. I think it was in January uh, when they had the reveal. And initially I thought, okay, that's cool. But two ninety nine is a bit much because I was thinking, okay, if it was like two fifty, that'd be about right. Um, you know, and then they were saying, okay, the controllers, the if you want a pair of Joy Cons, it's eighty bucks. If you want a pro controller, it's like seventy. I'm like, good lord, like, I mean, it's like super expensive. And I was like one of the like six people that had a Wii U since launch. the system. There's a lot of good games on it, but it's just, you know, it's just a. a poor concept i mean it didn't really catch on but uh so i figured well you know i've had the wii u since launch um breath of the wild was promised for the wii u so i would like to get it on the system it was originally designed for and i thought i'll just get a switch later on down the road so uh march 3rd rolls around um playing zelda on wii u and it was really good you know had a few slow down moments and hiccups here and there and then um I don't remember exactly uh, how it started. Uh, Scott, did you just, I think you just randomly texted me about it. I think I asked you if I was, it was like two weeks after I got mine for my birthday. Yeah. Um, I was at target and they had one on a shelf and I was like, Oh, these must be available now. And then the more Mm -hmm. I thought about it, I'm like, no, I don't think they are. So yeah, I just texted Wes out of the blue and was like, yeah, are you looking for one of these? (laughs) I was like, well, I mean, if it showed up, like if it if I found one, probably. But I was kind of like, yeah. I mean, I played Zelda, and I'm I'm good, you know. Uh, but then you had to just kind of twist my arm and be like, well, I'll just <laughs> pick it up for you, and you just give me the cash. And then I was like, well, I wouldn't want you to go to any trouble. Ah, fuck it, yeah, go ahead and get it. <laughs> you know, just like everybody else. Like, and I think that's the interesting thing that um, about the system. What I've sort of seen is you know a lot of people were kind of um you know not really feeling it at first but you know either they play it or they see it played or something like that and like that all of a sudden then it's like they get it it's like oh, okay i get this concept now and you know the wii u one was like completely the opposite where it's like oh here's a tablet controller well is, is this an add-on for the wii oh it's a new system i don't know so I think really with with the switch concept as far as the tv piece the handheld piece you know you really have to play it to to get it and when you do it really does click well and i think that part of the problem with you know nintendo's reputation over the last you know decade or so is that they they've stopped making consoles for the sake of here's a good console and they always have this built-in gimmick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, what we've found, you know, those of us who have followed the Nintendo systems is that whatever that gimmick is usually turns out to be more of an annoyance than it is a selling factor. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember the motion control on the Wii at first thinking like, oh, that's really clever 
until I realized like it sucks and Mario Kart plays much better if you just play it as a controller. Mm. Um, you know, the Wii U, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, but, you know, I can say that for the 3DS, you know, at first it's like, oh, this is so cool. Games are in 3D. Mm. And, you know, it didn't take long before I turned that 3D slider off because it's just like, it's yeah. unnecessary. Sure. I guess um, sometimes I'll turn it on for a little bit just to check it out, but primarily I just play it in 2D. Right. And it's like, I'm much more interested in just having a solid game than I am having a mediocre game with a gimmick. Sure. So when the Switch was announced and they're like, no, look how cool it is. You can play it on your console and then pick it up and it's a tablet and you can mm-hmm. portable. It's like, you know, it, it, it's not surprising that I was gun shy because yeah. I don't people. I don't care about your gimmick. You need to sell me on good games and a good system before I give a shit. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until like I really kind of saw it in action that I was like, okay, there is some real, you know, some validity to this because like for me what's great about it is like you know i can play you know on the tv and you know in the main living room and you know hanging out whatever and then if the wife comes in the room it's like oh i was gonna watch tv or something it's like hey no problem i can just pull it out and here i am playing you know Mm -hmm. and it's not taking up the tv but it's the same game being played and so yeah, that yeah, was the big selling point. Uh, you went out and you know had ribs for lunch, and you're about to have a blowout. You can just take the switch out of the dock and and go up, you know, into the bathroom with it, <laughs> or or that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, it's only got a three hour battery though. So I mean, if you're gonna have a big rib, <laughs> you might want to bring an adapter. But I don't know. I think um, I was gonna say another thing that um, is kind of interesting about this system though is the previous ones with the gimmicks. I think. Um, you know, we're always sort of designed by the um, the same couple of people at Nintendo that have been there for a long time. I think the Switch was the first one that is sort of represents the uh, the handing off to the younger developers, the younger teams. And I think that's from the introduction on the Nintendo Direct when they started bringing out new faces of people that have been with the company for a little while, but are, you know, sort of spearheading the design of the Switch. I think that's what makes the big difference is you know, it's not just the old guard that's still making the new console. It's here's a different group of people that grew up with with different systems and have a different interpretation of the next console. And I think that's what makes this one unique. Well, and and have you guys also noticed that Nintendo has always had this trend of like every other console is just you know, or how do, how do I phrase this? Like they release a console and then the second console after that is just an upgraded version. And then the next console is like a brand new idea and then mm-hmm. an upgraded version. Like the super Nintendo is just, I mean, literally it's a super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Then the N64 revolutionized it. GameCube is just a fancy N64. The Wii revolutionized it. Wii U is just a fancy Wii. And mm-hmm. so it's, that's kind of the trend that you've been seeing. So I knew that whatever the new, you know, the Nintendo Next or the NX or whatever it was going to be was going to be a completely new, you know, format and system. But, you know, you you just couldn't predict what it was going to be. But, um, yeah, the change into the guard, that's an interesting way to kind of look at it, too. And I think that part of the reason that Zelda sold me was, uh, like I said, I, I was looking for a game that was just more open world, you know, let you explore and play and have fun, figure it out on your own. And uh, I read an interview like the couple days before I decided like, okay, I want this. 
and um, I can't quote it exactly, so forgive me because I don't remember the source. But um, basically, one of the things that they were talking about was that like the the director of the Zelda franchise from pretty much Ocarina through um, I guess through Twilight Princess mm. or um, Skyward Sword, yeah, had um, he had kind of this this ma- mantra that was like the biggest sin that a video game can or can uh, commit is allowing a player to get lost. Mm-hmm. So like it was his idea that games should hold your hand and should lead you to where you need to go. And he had kind of stepped down or, you know, was removed or whatever. He was no longer in charge of the, the franchise. So the people who made breath of the wild said, you know, let's go back to kind of the old idea. Like, you know, the original legend of Zelda, you start off in a field, you don't have a sword, you don't have any money, you don't have any equipment. And other than a one paragraph description in the instruction manual, you don't know what the hell you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, go have fun, figure it out. And that's exactly what breath of the wild did. And um, it's why I've, you know, happily put in, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours and mm-hmm. uh, am not done. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm on my second playthrough of the game. Like I literally finished it on Wii U bought it on the switch and started playing it again. Yeah. And this time, you know, decided, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this first. And then once I have that, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do that. And it really lends itself to multiple playthroughs because you can do whatever you want. You can approach things in whatever uh, fashion you want. Right. So. Um, yeah, so let's jump into uh, sort of how the console works, I guess. Um, we've sort of talked about the the handheld uh, versus console feature on it. Um, what do you guys think of, like, the Joy-Cons and how those sort of interact with the console? I, I like them. Um, I, I think that um, at first, I don't know how much of the tech is actually going to be used on a lot of the stuff, but... yeah. Um, one thing that I really am enjoying is um, playing a game like either on the TV or on the tabletop mode with the Joy-Cons just split, just one in each hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels really comfortable to just kind of sit back. You don't have to have a controller right in front of you. You can just relax your arms at your side and still play. I think that's one of the coolest uh, features. Yeah, that's what I've been really really enjoying. Um because as you heard earlier, I got cats in my house. So uh, when I sit in the recliner and you know I'm going to play Zelda or whatever, uh, more than likely I'm going to end up having a cat on my chest at some point. So playing with uh, and the cool thing is they do include a uh, uh, what the fuck would you call it? Just uh, something you can click the Joy Cons into to basically just make it like a regular handheld controller. Yeah, the the grip I think they call it. Yeah. And if I played that way, like I would have, to, I would have a cat on my chest, and I would have to have my arms at a weird angle to, to be able to hold the controller. But with the uh, just, just having just the Joy Cons, yeah, I can just rest my hands on like the arms of my chair or whatever. And I thought there was no way I would enjoy playing that way. And like it just seems like it would feel weird. I wouldn't. Like, I would get confused and not know which buttons I'm pushing or whatever just because it would feel out of place. But, yeah, within, like, five minutes, I was completely sold on this is pretty much the way I'm going to play 
most mm-hmm. of my video games on this console. Well, I mean, it's very reminiscent of the uh, controller nunchuck idea from the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you, if you're familiar with that system, like it feels very very similar to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that that's a that's a fun option to be able to play that way. Um, most of my playing, I use the the grip. Um, mm. And that's again just kind of goes back to the retro feel of I like the controller in my hand. Sure. Um, but I, I like the fact that you do have the freedom of either one. Yeah. Um, the one complaint that I will have about the Joy Cons is that um, we went out and bought uh, Mario Kart a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and playing that two players using one of the Joy Cons turned sideways. Uh, personally, I think that it is way too small, and. Mm uncomfortable to play that way um i would love to buy a couple of the um the classic controllers or whatever they're calling them for this system but as wes mentioned 70 bucks a pop that's not going to happen are you uh, are you using the um little attachments to slide onto the top of them uh no The, the little wrist strap deals oh no does that extend it yeah it makes it a lot more comfortable that's worth looking into. No, those are still in their plastic and in the drawer. Yeah. I've never Just, even put uh, them out. Make sure when you when you put them on, make sure you match up the symbols properly because uh, if you don't, they're almost impossible to pull off. Huh, okay. But uh, Shannon and I have been playing a ton of Mario Kart with the uh, split Joy-Cons, and I put the um, extension piece on them each time, and it's a lot more comfortable. All right, that might change things because, yeah, yeah, it's like it's not unplayable. It's just... It's tight enough that, like, if you're trying to use a weapon and turn, it's it's mm. like, well, you kind of have to let go of one to do the other, or jumping and drifting. It's 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 a little bit cumbersome just because it's so tiny. But yeah, um, yeah slide the little adapters on there, and it it'll probably improve. Huh. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I haven't put those on mine either. So. Oh, okay. Be interesting. Uh, Amanda's not big into video games. She's more into navigating. So. <laughs> the backseat driver of Mario Kart. Yeah. Well, that or any game I'm playing, uh, <laughs> whether I ask her to or not. Sometimes she's like, "Why are you put? Why are you putting an apple and an acorn together? That just sounds nasty." Yeah, huh. unless it's Red Dead Redemption, right? Oh, she gets so pissed. Um, <laughs> she just got uh, tired of hearing him say that you dropped the bag and picked yeah. up the bag all the time. Yeah. Your team has dropped the bag. Your team has retrieved the bag. <laughs> Uh, Red Warrior is about to die. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the uh, transition between handheld and console is pretty good, too. Yeah. Oh, um, seamless. Yeah, you literally can just pull it out of the dock and you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, all the dock does is uh, plug it. Uh, it. It's situated so, I mean, like the wires go up through it and you clamp this little flap like this uh, trap door shut and so basically it just puts into place like the power and the uh, HDMI cord so literally all the dock does is basically plug it right into an HDMI cord which goes right to your TV right? Uh, which is like so simple it seems like it should be much more complicated but it's just uh, although I will say that it has a feature that's actually far more advanced than that and I never would have thought that this would be something that I love but uh, I really do there's there's something built into it, and none of my other devices do this, but um, I can be sitting on the couch, the TV's off, and if I pick up the Joy-Cons that are on the you know end table, 
hit the buttons on there so that I turn on the switch, it not only turns the switch on, that sends a signal to turn the TV on, mm. and it will turn the TV to the input that the switch is on. Like, none of my other devices do that. My Roku won't do that. My DVD player won't do that. So, like, I love the fact that, I mean, it sounds super lazy to be saying this out loud, but it's like, I don't have to pick up the TV remote, turn the TV on, and then switch it to the, you know, the right input. Just from the Joy-Cons, I can turn the TV on, get it to the right input, and the game is playing. And that's a that's really nice. cool thing. I haven't played with that yet. Um, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just built into it. I don't know how it knows to do that but maybe it's all modern technology, but the fact that it does that, I think, is It's probably awesome. The Wii U had something kind of similar, but uh, where if you turn the tablet on, uh, there was a TV button on it. You could press that, and, um, of course, you had to program it, but you could turn your TV on with the controller. You know, it was like a TV remote. So I could see this being, like, sort of the upgraded version of that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I didn't even know I could do that. I haven't really played around with it but yep. interesting. And, and the same thing if you like if you have the switch in the tablet mode uh your tv is off like just by taking it and setting it into the cradle it will turn your tv on and put it to that input hmm. interesting nice um yeah, yeah. so what we're oh we we're talking about yeah the uh transition is like mm. super simple you literally just pick it up and you're still at the exact spot you were mm-hmm. well, no, like, thing too, like um like I, if i take mine to work or something i'll play at lunch or whatever and then you know maybe i play a little bit more and the battery starts getting low or something i can just come home drop it on the dock and continue playing while it's charging right on yeah. the TV. I, that's that's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. yeah i've been really happy with sort of the layout of everything and uh just how everything works so mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you guys have noticed? Like, I obviously didn't know about this TV thing, but uh, is there anything else you've noticed, sort of with the hardware, like how it uh, how it is to use, or any interesting features that you really like? Uh, there is one that I wanted to bring up. That you know, this is I don't know how interesting this will be to users, but um, I find it really useful. Um, there's so this is the first Nintendo system that's ever come out that's uh, completely region free. Um, well, not technically. The DS was actually region free. Well, okay. Technically, but, yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, basically, what that means, as as far as the Switch goes, is two things. One, you could buy Switch games from other countries, plug them in without any modifications, and play them. Um, but the other thing, which I find far more useful, is it's very easy to set up accounts for the eShop. Um, for other regions or other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that Nintendo does not, you know, frown upon. It's not an obvious thing to set up, and I'll walk you through how to do it, you know, because it's very easy, but it's it's not done in the Switch, but it gives you access to other countries' uh, eShop purchases. Um, What you have to do is you have to have an internet connection on a computer and just go to your, you know, My Nintendo uh, account, and create a new account and when you set that up on the website it asks you what uh what region or what country you're in and at that point just say you know you're in japan or you're in spain or whatever and um it'll create your account you're ready to go when you log on to your switch 
you can create as many user profiles as you want to. And each time you can kind of have it linked to a different uh, My Nintendo account. And whatever account you link it to, it will basically use all of the functions of the region that the My Nintendo account is. So like I have two My Nintendo accounts for this purpose, one that's here in the US, one that's in Japan. Mm. And so now on my Switch, there's two different user profiles I can switch between. And when I go to the eShop, it'll either be the US eShop or the Japan eShop. Um, and the, the advantage of having the Japan eShop is that there are certain games that they get that we won't. There are some games they get a little bit sooner that we get. Um, a couple of them, the prices are different. You know, sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower, but it's just a slightly different price. Um, but there's also like demos, like uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 had a demo in Japan that we didn't get over here. It's a free download, but uh, just by having access to that, I could put it on my account. Um, and the nice thing is too, like your Switch knows not only what language you speak. So a lot of these Japanese games are programmed for multiple languages. So it might already have an English language track in there that it'll default over to the English language when you start to play it. Um, but I've also read that like if you if there's a game that comes out in Japan early and you go ahead and pay for it, download it, put it on your system, when the US version comes out, you can go on there and your US account already knows that you've already paid for it. So you could re-download it and have the English version um, without having to repay for it. But um, yeah, it's, it's super easy to do. Nintendo's fine with doing it. It's not a hack. It's not a, you know, anything like that. It's completely legal, but it just gets you access to other things that uh, you wouldn't otherwise. And uh, it's, it's very convenient if you want, you know, a lot of multi-region games. Yeah, I will, I will agree with you there. I mean, it's, it's very easy to do. It's something that has been requested for a long time. Uh, so the fact that, that they've gone ahead and, and conceded to this point makes it just the icing on the cake at this point. And the fact that, like you said, certain games um, that already have multiple languages programmed in, that's a nice little bonus as well. Um, I think there was Disgaea 5, the strategy RPG that's coming out, I think next week, was a launch title in Japan. So if you wanted it, you could download the Japanese version, start playing it on your US account, and all the text would be in English. Right. Which is just fantastic. I mean, that's that's really cool. Yeah. That is cool. I didn't know about that either. Yeah. See, I'm not like a hardcore gamer like you guys, so you got you gotta educate me on all this stuff. Yeah, and I mean some like a lot of that's changed, like as the times have changed, like you know, back in the you know, real retro gaming days, like there were so many titles that, you know, you'd see over in Japan that you just never got in the US and then, you know, likewise so many you'd get in US that never went to Europe and a lot of that's kind of phased out like we're we get a lot more titles than we did before mm. but um, there, there's still several that you know just don't quite make it over or um, you know they get a lot more sequels than we do or just you know franchises that have long been dead over here but they're still putting out you know uh, titles over there so it's a, there is an advantage to it if you're interested in some of the like more obscure games yeah. Um yeah, there's but, a Splunker uh, game on the Japanese eShop, which, you know, we only ever got Splunker on the NES here. 
and in Japan it was a huge series. So um, just little odds and ends like that. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I guess let's jump into some games we've been playing. Uh, you know, we definitely mentioned Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that was the big seller for all of us. Oh yeah. Um, and Wes, you actually are the only one who played it on both the Wii U and the the Switch. Is there any big differences you noticed? The game, know, it was just kind of a port over, but the core game itself is is the same. Um, the Wii U version needed um i think you had to have like six gigs free or three gigs free on your hard drive because um obviously they couldn't fit everything on the disc so you had to have a sort of a partial install mm-hmm. um in some areas it, it te- tended to drop frames it would run a little bit slower um like in some of the villages and stuff like that it was a little bit choppier um but the switch version overall seems a little bit smoother um Graphically, it seems it. I think the resolution's up a little bit more, so it looks a little bit better. Um, but it just it the combat flows a little bit smoother. But other than that, I mean, there's not a huge difference between the two that I could tell. But mm-hmm. I do like the portability of it. But like I said, having having had a Wii U and and waiting for that game, I, I wanted to experience it first on the system that it was kind of created for. But I think it's a fantastic port. Um, for the the portable slash um, console hybrid as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is a weird feeling that we're back to cartridges again. Yeah. Um, Not really, though. I mean, again, for like the the six people that bought a Vita, like <laughs> uh, they're using cards almost the same as the um, the Switch and the 3DS uses cards too. I mean, yeah. they're still out there. But, yeah, but it always just seemed like that was a handheld. So, you know, yeah. oh, I can understand because the 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 power is a little bit lower. But now we're into, yeah, the console handheld combo mm-hmm. it looks amazing and is like running off uh, cards again yeah. cartridges. I, I think it's more of a was more of an internet kind of a gotcha, like as far as to to generate clicks to say, oh, they're going back to cartridges, but. You know, really, they're not cartridges. They're just, you know, memory cards. Yeah. Wow. Right. For sure. Yeah, it's just an odd feeling. Mm-hmm. Has, uh, has anybody tasted theirs yet? No. Okay. Because there's a coating on there um, that's supposed to just taste disgusting. Um, and they put the coating on each of the game cards to discourage people from, you know, eating them. So, of course, you can go on YouTube and find... <laughs> Tons of videos of people trying and tasting their their game cards, but um, yeah, because of course as soon as that came out that that's what they did, everybody's like, "Oh, I gotta taste it." Uh huh. I'm like, "No, they told you it tastes awful. Why are you tasting it?" Remember that Saturday Night Live sketch? We're like, "You gotta taste this milk. It's expired." Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> Just keeps going down and down the line. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Zelda was a big seller for me. I haven't played the last couple uh, versions of it. Mm. You're you're better off. Actually, personal opinion. Eh, I, I disagree. I think they all have their pros and cons. But the good news is you don't have to have any prior knowledge of the series to enjoy Breath of the Wild. I mean, you can just jump right in after a long hiatus, or you know, uh, if it, even if it's your first Zelda game. I mean, yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot. 
Yeah, I haven't played. Grandpa Smith says we only need to play the NES and the Super NES, but you know, Mm. that's just me. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck! I don't know. I got uh, confused for a second. Oh, uh, yeah. I I never (laughs) played. uh, I got people messaging me about website stuff, and I'm just like, I'm recording. Leave me alone. Damn it, Doiner. Not Doiner this time. Uh, but um, yeah, I never played Twilight Princess. Mm. Um, I played Wind Waker just because somebody else I knew had it and let me borrow it. Uh, but then never. Wind Waker was GameCube, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I played that one, but then yeah, I haven't played anything well, you since. Played then. Majora's Mask on sixty four, right? Because I I ended up buying your cartridge of it. Yeah, yeah. I played Ocarina of Time. I played Majora's Mask. Yeah. And then I didn't really play anything after that. Yeah. So, so I was like really excited to get back into it. And having been a big fan of Skyrim recently, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it's not as um, expansive, but just the idea of an open world Legend of Zelda game, I was completely on board. I'd, I'd compare it. I mean, as far as size wise, I think it's just as big, if not bigger, than Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah, a little graphic I found one time. I could, I should post it in the show notes for this. Like, compared the uh, the world size of uh, what was it, Ocarina, Majora's Mask, Skyrim, and Breath of the Wild, and it's just it blows it out of the water. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely still that same feel. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Part of the difference between this and like Skyrim is that Skyrim is you know very heavily populated. Mm. and I think that's one of the differences in Breath of the Wild is that there's a ton of terrain and scenery and, you know, little, like, landmarks, but, you know, I was a good maybe 20 hours in before I met my first, you know, civilian. I was like, Mm. oh, wait, there's other people here. Like, that's interesting, but um, so, and it just kind of depends on how you're going to play the game as to what you're going to find. Yeah. So it, it just definitely it definitely does not feel Breath of the Wild does not feel like a real world. Like Skyrim feels like that could be a real place. Um Breath of the Wild feels like it's a real fantasy yeah. game, but there's no question that Link is the highlight and the spotlight of that game and it's a world that revolves around him. Um yeah. Well there's sure. and there's story reasons for that too, which I mean it's kinda explained too, but Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, another part of it's probably dev time too, though, because you know, like Skyward or not Skyward Sword, um, Breath of the Wild has been in development for like four and a half years, so obviously they've had time to really add a lot of stuff and fine tune things. And you know, your average game like Skyrim, I think, was probably probably about two years in development, but um, and then obviously DLC and stuff down the road. So I think that plays a part in it too, though, as far as the size of the game. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like I was just listening to your guys as uh, a link to the past uh, uh, episode last week, and the idea that you guys were talking about how each game is just sort of a, almost like a redo of the same story, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes they try to retrofit like um, sort of a mythology into all the games and stuff that how they're all connected and whatever. Um, I found this story kind of interesting because supposedly you wake up like a hundred years after a big fight with Ganon Mm -hmm. and then uh, Zelda is still essentially trapped in the Hyrule 
Hyrule Castle trying to like keep Ganon at bay, who is turned into this giant weird-looking beast or whatever. Um, so essentially, you're playing uh, what for for Link would be like round two of like this story, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how did you guys feel about sort of that uh, jumping off point? Um, I I don't have. Well, so, so I guess I should say first, I'm maybe the one of the three of us who has not finished the game yet. Have you guys I, both finished the main story? I haven't finished it yet. Okay. I finished it on Wii U. Okay. Yeah, I'm to the point where I've got like 70 shrines. Um, I finished the four divine beasts, but I just haven't bothered to go to the castle because I know that once I do, that'll pretty much end the game. So I'd rather mm. go explore the wilderness that I haven't been to yet before I'm bored. And then I'll go finish it off. So uh, story-wise, I think there's still a lot that I haven't discovered. I've only found like six of the memories so far. Um, oh, see, I think you're so, ahead of me. Oh, really? Okay. I've, uh, uh, I'm very much a gamer that I like to do everything. So okay. for me, like an open world game like this, a lot of it's like, I'm just going to go explore and just see what I find. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go back to story points when I kind of either get bored or. Get okay. Well, that's good that yeah. you and I won't spoil each, anything for each other. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that you know there, there's been a couple of the Zelda franchise or Zelda titles that have done that, where it's a loose sequel to another game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in the NES, Adventure of Link was a sequel to The Legend of Zelda. Majora's Mask was a sequel to Ocarina. Um, even uh, was it Phantom Hourglass mm-hmm. sequel to Wind Waker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, a, it, the, the newer one, A Link Between Worlds, was supposed to be that was the sequel like, to the Super NES. Sequel. Yes, right. Yeah, sequel to Link so I mean, stuff like that has happened, and it, yeah, if, they, if you listen to episode three of our show, like we kind of talked about how it's it's this weird thing where. I don't think the the creators have been able to decide whether they want to do well every time it's just a recreation, reincarnation, whatever, or you know, it's just a it's a fairy tale. Like it's a folk story of this hero and this princess and this monster mm-hmm. and it all takes place in this kingdom of Hyrule. And mm-hmm. every time this tale is told, it's going to have different details, you know, people are going to get certain things wrong and it's it's a, it's a different version each time. And if that's the case, I think that's fine. Um, so I, I haven't gotten far enough in Breath of the Wild story to know, like, you know, whether the the battle 100 years ago is referencing a particular game. Um, but I do like that whether it is or not, there are several little homages and um, things thrown in there that you don't no matter which of the games in the pre in the franchise is your favorite there's something in there that's going to make you go oh like i recognize that mm-hmm. and that's fun and i and i like that you know and there's there's just so much of that stuff sprinkled in and so much that i'm sure i haven't even found yet but it's like to me that's what makes a game good because mm-hmm. it's it's gonna appeal to all of your audiences and you know, when we're talking about a franchise that spanned three decades, you have people like, you know, me and Wes that have, you know, played since the beginning. You've got other people who started with Ocarina. Um, some people who, you know, probably didn't get jump in until, 
you know, Skyward Sword maybe. So no matter what you played, there's something there that's going to make you go, okay, this game was made for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's successful. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, I would say um, the way that the story is presented in this uh, in this game, if you're going into it expecting um, a strong narrative and... Um, you know, something that's typical of like your typical like Western style um, adventure game. Um, a lot of it is either left up to interpretation or it's left up for you to discover uh, right. whether through the memories or um, through some of the other stuff. So, but really, I think some of the best Zelda games were the ones that didn't really have a huge focus on the story. I mean, it's there if you yep. want to, but the, the gameplay and the exploration is really uh, where it's at. So um, I think this strikes a pretty good balance between the two. The, the story, it's okay for what it is. Um, you know, it's not the greatest. It's not the worst, but it's there. But it doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the game, especially on the second playthrough. Because on the first playthrough, like I went through and I got, um, I didn't do all the shrines, but I scoured the map and got all the memories and everything like that. That's like, okay, that was cool. You know, that's fine. Um uh, but on the second playthrough, I'm more excited to do, you know, some of the things I missed out on, like the Terrytown and uh, some of the other stuff. So I'll be interested to know um, what you both think when you finish the game uh, story-wise. Yeah, I mean, and so far, I think that the main narrative is just kind of blah. Yeah, um, it's there. You know? it's, it's, it's very short, and mm. there's just not a lot to it. But the, again, that's fine because like I didn't yeah. play this game because I'm looking for another you know epic Zelda story because right. as I said, most of these epic Zelda stories of the last couple of years have really disappointed me. So, well, I think that's what kind I, of the other problem too is that um, I think we've sort of as fans through the years have kind of demanded that there be a, this cohesive story to the series of games, and so you know they try to retrofit things in and say, okay, well. Uh, you know, the, here's the through line of the story, but then it splits off from the good ending or the bad ending of Link to the Past, and then certain games follow this and certain games follow that, and it just gets too convoluted at that point. You know, like you right. said, as far as the fairy tale piece or the uh, the legend piece, I mean, that's really that's good enough. You know, it's just like the James Bond series of movies. You know, you don't expect yep. it to be a cohesive story throughout all the films. There's no way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious how uh, what you guys thought of that. Like, essentially, you're jumping into like a chapter two, mm-hmm. like in the at the beginning of the game. Yeah, um, it's it's a chapter two that I'm not sure what chapter one was. <laughs> exactly. I, I do <laughs> yeah. think it's cool that it's, as a Zelda game, they've kind of introduced some some tech aspects to it, um, and and some of those were kind of present in Skyward Sword. Like, you had some uh, mechanical items and um, you know, some, some different um, sort of technical stuff. But to really see, like, the Guardian weapons and, you know, this uh, Sheikah Stone tablet and all this stuff, um, it just adds a, a cool little layer of interesting sci-fi fantasy tech to it. Yeah. Um, so what do you think you guys like or and or dislike about the game? There's nothing... Uh. Dislike about it. I, I enjoy just about everything on it. Um, I was kind of surprised because they, you know they have shrines and stuff, which are 
for the most part, just like puzzles. Um, there is some like combat ones, but um, I was kind of surprised because then uh, really there's only like four big dungeons mm-hmm. throughout it, which is the four um, guardian beasts. Yeah, and that kind of threw me off because I'm yeah, I don't know I'm just like I said I haven't really played much since Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask where I'm just used to you just go from dungeon to dungeon to dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, they sort of separate the two a little bit where you have the shrines and then uh, the uh, the dungeons sort of separated, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of a weird setup, but I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Yeah, they, they were more uh, uh, three-dimensional puzzles, so there's a lot more puzzle solving, um, especially the, the Divine Beasts that they're... Um, the way you can kind of operate them and, and move them around, it's like figuring out a giant uh, three-dimensional puzzle, which is different. Um, it's not like your run-of-the-mill kind of dungeon, but I I enjoyed that. I like that because it's different. It's something new. Um, I like the shrines. I think that they're kind of a refreshing little way to get progress. Um some of them do have the puzzles that, you know, infuriate you, make you work. Others, you know, are as simple as you just kind of walk in and it's just, here's a quick little blessing. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, because there's, you know, so many of them that as you're exploring, you know, which is the fun part of the game, it's like this little treat that it's like, Ooh, piece of candy. Like all of a sudden I found a shrine. Um, but like, I, I do agree that, I was a little bit thrown off when I first started playing and realized that, yeah, like there are no dungeons, which that's what Zelda was. I mean, even the NES game, you know, the prototype of it, like didn't have an overworld exploration. It was just the dungeons. So to have that kind of almost completely excised from it is, is a weird twist. Um, It's kind of refreshing because I think that the, the last several games have gotten a little bit, tedious in their dungeons like it's so much of a puzzle and less of just a um you know hack and slash crawl that you know it's it, it's not my flavor um but it's weird to see it not in there at all um so it, that was an adjustment but i don't think it was something that disappointed me because i do think the shrines work really really well um yeah. i think the only part of it that i found disappointing and this this is not a criticism of the game because i i don't think it's a fair criticism is that because you know i am more of an old school fan who i love my homages and i love my little you know easter eggs thrown in there i was really hoping to find something in this game you know when the world is this big it would have been really fun to find something to be like a really giant wink and a nod to you know nes era zelda um you know even if it was like we took the original the legend of zelda map and shrank it down and it's a small region in this world um that would easily be doable um or some of the same bosses from the first zelda were here or some of the towns from zelda 2 were here or you know just little things like that like i think that would have been one of those things that would have made me say this game's almost perfect um, without that, it's still great, but it's just like, I, I keep looking for those little winks and nods and it's just, I, I haven't found any of them yet. Um, 
and maybe I just haven't looked in the right places, but um, yeah, that that's the only thing that was a little disappointed to me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, anything else about uh, Zelda before we move on? No, I would say um, I, I don't. I don't no. even think we need to say you should buy it because the last I heard, copies of Zelda outsold copies of the Switch. So um, <laughs> people are buying it, whether they have the console to play it on or not. <laughs> they had you know two different collector editions. Um, in addition to you know people like me that bought it on one system and bought it on the other system too. So yeah. But it's that good. Third. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, people <laughs> don't work anymore, so it still works. Yeah, I had people ask me like, "So is it is it as good as they say it is?" And they said it with kind of like a a sneer or whatever. And I'm like, "No, it actually is as good as they say it is." So, right. and so I know there's a couple of people that's almost been talked into buying a Switch because I've told them like, "No, listen, the, the Zelda game is as good as everybody's saying it is." Yeah, right. That's what sold me. I mean, I'm the old curmudgeon yeah. that can't be sold on new technology and was like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. And I'm a convert. So yeah, take, <laughs> take it, take it from me. <laughs> uh, so I know the other big game uh, we played has been some Mario Kart as we sort of talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, Wes, you have the previous Wii U version. Yep. And then uh, sort of the, uh, I guess you call it like the special edition version yeah, the the deluxe, uh, some refinements, some improvements. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what do you think? What do you think uh, between the differences and how they each play or whatever? Um, well, it's actually it does change up the strategy a little bit because in the Switch version now you're able to carry two items. You can have one as a backup, mm-hmm. and that wasn't possible in the Wii U version. You just had, you know, you drive through one item box. You had one item. If you had it and drove through another item box, you got nothing, you know. So in the in that version, you might have you know just had to carry a shell with you behind you and hope you only got hit by one thing. So it does change it up now because you can have two different weapons. Um, I have noticed that it seems like the item distribution is different in this version because um, you get a lot more people get a lot more piranha plants and bombs than I remember seeing in the Wii U version. Okay, I was going to bring this up because so my wife and I have been playing this a lot and we're kind of working our way through the different cups uh-huh. and we just finally got all the stars in the 50cc and you know I hope this doesn't sound like I'm trying to brag but it's like through 50cc I'm mostly in first or second place Sure. and I, I really don't like the distribution of how the items come out mm-hmm. because like I've gotten one piranha plant ever yeah um i've never got a bullet never got a star never got a fire flower never got a boomerang and it's like i see all these geared towards you get the better items when you're in uh lower places right and i know that some mario karts have that you know but Mm. then there's others where it's just kind of a random no matter what position you're in but it's just like you know it's like but some of those sound fun. Like I want to throw boomerangs at people and I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, but on this one, you do tend to get red shells more when you're in like first, second and third, which didn't happen a lot in the other one. It was more, you know, coins and bananas or yeah. occasionally a horn. But, you know, now you have the possibility of getting 
you know, a horn and a bomb together while you're in like first place, which doesn't happen very often, but it can. And it, it's really interesting. But on the, on the negative aspect of that, it is possible in this one, if you get hit, you're going to get hit about seven or eight more times by twice yeah. in the red shells and, you know, whatever else. So, mm. so it's different. Um, you know, they've also, they've unlocked all the carts um, or all the, Drivers at first, I think. You all still have drivers, to unlock yeah. The, yeah, you still have to unlock the cart parts. Um, yeah, which I was kind of disappointed with. Um, I like that, you know, there's a, a bigger variety of uh, characters that they've started doing, like with uh, Link and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but I always sort of enjoyed, like, sort of getting that re- reward. For me, like, the cart, the carts and stuff, like, aren't that exciting. Um, well, they but, do have different stats, though. I know. Well, and but, the thing, the thing that we've noticed playing through it is that, like, I mean, all of the drivers, it's like, okay, you pick your favorite, and yeah, it's fun to have all of the different faces. But really, there's only three different drivers. There's your tiny ones, your medium ones, and your heavy ones. Right. Um, and as far as the carts, it's like every fifth, every fifty coins or so that you acquire you unlock a different cart wheel or glider mm. and it's like every time it's exciting cause it's like okay yeah another cool thing but it's like it, it, we've almost gotten to the point where like i've i don't know we've only had the game for a few weeks but i'm up to like 500 some coins mm. and it's just like it's almost overwhelming how many different options there are um like I like that they do give the stats, you know, and the handling and the traction and the weight and all that, but it's just like it's a little bit too much, I think. So yeah, yeah but eventually though, you'll you'll settle on like two or three that you really like, and you kind of mix and match from there. So I like having that customization though. It's just you know, I if I get tired of racing as the same character on the same bike and same tires, then I can do something different. Yeah, and I don't mind that. I just like the uh, sort of feeling of like, oh, I unlocked uh, Donkey Kong or, you know, whatever. Just mm-hmm. sort of that excitement of after finishing a uh, a cup or whatever that you yeah. sort of get this little extra reward and it's not just uh, more more cart variations. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, and especially when you found, you know, your cart that like really works for you, which, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like I've got the combo that I like. So when I'm like, oh, I got new tires, it's like, eh, it's not better than what I use, so who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends. I don't know. So who's your favorite driver? I'm, I know we all have one. Uh, right now, mine is probably Gold Mario. <laughs> okay. Because I had to go through. That was the first thing I did. We were on vacation. Um, this game came out, and so we took the train. And on the train ride home, you know, we picked up Mario Kart before the train ride home. So first thing I did was jump into 200 CC and get stars in all the 200 CC so I could get the gold Mario unlock. So that's pretty much all I've been playing as. Okay. Brian? Uh, mine has been pretty consistent across uh, versions. Um, usually uh, Dry Bones is my, is my guy. Mm. I don't know okay. why. Um, this one I've been kind of, you know, jumping around to different characters just to to you know try something different but usually if i'm like if i'm in a race with somebody uh like when we were on the train we we played like three of us played uh 
Mario Kart for a little while. So usually I'm like, all right, let's do it. Me and Dry Bones, we're gonna we're gonna jump in this race. We're just kind of you know, just that's that's usually my guy that I go to. Yeah, mine has similar to yours. I've been consistently. I always played as uh, the Koopa Troopa mm-hmm. um, up until this one, and I knew that as soon as I heard that the the seven Koopa kids were unlocked, I'm like, oh shit, it's on now. <laughs> um, so I kind of played with some different ones of those, and again, you've got your tiny ones, your mediums, and your heavies. But uh, Larry, Larry's my guy. <laughs> I did like the uh, the addition of the Splatoon kids in this one, though. I did play the uh, the Inklings for a little bit. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Villager, I, I usually use. Uh, sometimes I'll use Villager with the uh, the Animal Crossing cart with the tires and the glider because it's got a ton of acceleration so um if i'm playing against the computer or something like that that's usually my go-to is like all acceleration and that usually does pretty well yeah mine has nothing to do with the fact that it matches but i mean larry in the airship just works really really well (laughs) yeah it's kind of fitting though yeah Hmm. um no it's just i i think it's um i think it's a perfect game for the switch as far as i mean obviously it's great that more people are playing mario kart 8 but the fact that it plays so perfectly on portable mode and um console mode i think is great so have you guys checked out yeah, battle mode at all yeah i've been playing it a little uh, bit yeah the little bit that like we played on vacation yeah there's there's a lot of cool stuff added to it i mean there's like you know kind of like um like cops and robbers type stuff and there's coin battles and different ones. So uh, the only complaint I had about the battle mode was, you know, I was very excited to see that the balloon battle was back. Um, but I almost feel like the number of drivers that are in it is a little bit too much because mm-hmm. it's, it's very chaotic. Um, and I haven't played with all the settings, so maybe there's ways to tweak it, but like, it's just kind of a time trial. Like whoever has the most points after a certain number of time wins. Yeah. Um, but I kind of liked old school where it was like, okay, once you lose your balloons, you're out and it's just, yeah. you know, go beat the hell out of each other. But um, that, that wouldn't fly with little Billy these days. So, it's, you know, <laughs> well, tough. <laughs> uh, do you have any favorite uh, courses that you've discovered? Uh, I got very excited when I saw that the excite bike track was there. The F zero tracks were a lot of fun. Um, didn't you scare I, your wife when you discovered those or something? You yes, said- <laughs> because I got all giddy and you know just like giggly, <laughs> and um, I don't think she was expecting that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was mine too. I was super excited. I'm just like, holy shit! It's the Excite Bike Arena. That's yeah. fucking awesome. And see, um, you, guys, you guys get that right from the start. I mean, that was DLC for for the Wii U version, so I didn't yeah. play that for the first like year that the game was out um i always love when they do the the throwback tracks you know to the the old games um i thought that the one track from um the super nintendo that was the was a mario circuit i forget which one it is that has the rainbow like barriers um i really liked the update to that because mm-hmm. the donut- one thing that i think is what's that is it donut planes um, no, I think the one thing that's really fun about this game mm-hmm. is that like there there are still barriers and like you can drive off the course, but 
unlike other Mario Karts, if you like fall in the water, it's not like out of bounds. Like now you're just driving underwater. Mm -hmm. So like the bridge that's out, like you don't have to jump over it. Like, okay, if you fall in, you're now just driving in the river and then you come out on the bank and it's, it was just kind of a fun update to a track that we've been playing for years. Um, They redid rainbow road, which is fun, you know, and, and and I liked it in this game, there's actually three versions of rainbow road. Um, There's a brand new one. There was the super Nintendo one. There's the N64 one. And, um, you know, I, I like those because I think that's always a fun track to play. And, yeah, challenge. I'm not a huge fan of the the new one, like the Rainbow Road for Mario Kart 8. I'm, I think that was kind of weak, like as far as the space station thing and all that. I don't know. But the other two I think the 64 good. one still wins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I actually, when we were playing, I, and I discovered that there's the uh, Excite Bike track, I told Wes, I'm like, it feels like they should have an Excite Bike like character. Mm hmm. Yeah. Have them still be like the 2D, like pixelated, like version, but then just driving around on, you know, whatever cart you end up picking or whatever. So yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I've is just turn it into just call it, instead of Mario Kart, just call it Nintendo Kart and put yep. a bunch of characters in from previous games, and that'd be perfect. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Basically, it is at this point. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, true. Yeah, they need to, uh, since they got him in Smash Brothers, they need to get like Sonic in here and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the Hyrule um, track was fun um, because they had, you know, kind of the Zelda background music, but also like all of the coins were switched to rupees, which I thought yeah. was funny. Yeah. Um, when you when you pick up an item, it, the, the music as it's like cycling through before it sets on one is the sound when you're like opening a chest. Like it yeah. Just little little things in there that were very, very clever touches. Uh, the little bats that fly at you were the keyses from Zelda instead of the Mario bats. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do a lot of cool stuff with that one. Right. The, uh, the Animal Crossing track changes seasons randomly. I don't know if you noticed yeah, that. I, I did notice that. <laughs> that's pretty, cool. pretty clever. You know, and, and I think that that's a, another good touch of this game is that... Um, one of the things that I have the most fun with is just looking at the backgrounds, which is hard to do when you're, you know, driving at full speed, but like um, so many of the different tracks, like uh, if you're, Oh shit, which one is it? I think it's one where you're like in a, one of the Koopalines nightclubs. Um, oh, the uh, electro. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a point where you're driving around and there's just like this giant, like LCD screen and there's just like Koopa Troop is like dancing in a rave. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But as you're driving, like you don't notice it. And I told my wife, I'm like, okay, next lap, look. And she's like, well, I can't pay attention. I said, okay, I'll tell you when. Like, and I watched her split screen. I'm like, okay, now look up now. And she's like, okay, now I see it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> and that's when like you that. pass her, hit her with a shell, right? Right, right. Of course. Yeah. Um, no, that's funny. Or um, Ribbon Road. I think was hilarious because you're like in the basically like the, the toy box mm-hmm. and there's like the, the weeble wobble toads and the little mecha Koopas and just like, it, it seems like there's really clever ideas behind these levels and it's not just, you know, tracks. Well, and did you notice on that one, like the, um, the preview before it, it zooms in is it's all just set up in a giant room in a house. 
Yeah. So it's like yeah. that's all just set up on the ground. Like somebody's just playing with all that. Like that's really cool. Yep. Yeah, it's really neat. Nice. Um, anything else about Mario Kart? Nope. Again, go buy it. Uh, yeah, I would say it's Mario Kart. If you like Mario Kart, you're going to get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only other game that I th- know that I think that all three of us has played has been uh, Snipper Clips. Yeah. 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 Uh, which I just randomly picked up because Amanda said that she thought it looked kind of cool, and she doesn't play many video games. So usually, if I can get her to play something, you know, it's it's worth you know looking into. So I picked that up. And it's just this sort of fun puzzle game where you have to uh, uh, essentially cut each other to different shapes to solve puzzles. And it just sounds wrong. You got to cut me. each other to win. <laughs> it's popular um, with the emo group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's different puzzles. Like some of them you have to put like a basketball into a hoop and you need to figure out like how to do that or. Um, you need to uh, uh, fit designs into the, like these uh, dotted outlines. You have to make sure your shapes match and try to like you know get it up into these um, shapes or whatever to move on. And it's uh, a very very difficult game to describe. Yes, um, I was yeah. trying to explain it to a friend of mine, and they just looked at me for you know a good ten minutes, like I I was having a stroke, and it's like. <laughs> Okay, you need to just play it, but yeah, it's it's not easy to explain or get online and find a demo of it, you know, so you can watch you know, for three minutes of how it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, so me and Amanda downloaded it, and we absolutely love it. Like, we'll just randomly like, hey, we got ten minutes. Do you want to just play some snipper clips, and we'll just play through a couple, couple levels or whatever, and you know. It's funny because then we'll get aggravated with something, and so we'll just run over and start like snipping each other like crazy, and just like you know, <laughs> or or we'll just be like, "You're not doing it right. Like, move. I'll do it." And then you know, push each other out of the way and stuff. And so um, it's like marriage therapy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I was curious. <laughs> so I was curious what you guys thought of uh, of Snipper Clips, Scott. Uh, what's been your experience with you guys playing it? Uh, we only so we downloaded it after you suggested it to us. Um, yeah. Played it that night for a couple hours, and the biggest thing that we noticed is that like we, we're going to have to be in the right mood to play it. Sure. Um, I think it's really fun. Um, my wife is you know sometimes in the strategic mode, not always, and so like if her brain is in that kind of mode, she's going to have fun with it. Um, Otherwise, she just gets frustrated, and it's one of those where it's like I tell her, like, okay, now move over here, now do this, now press <laughs> this button. Okay, then we did it. So that's very boring. Yeah. Um, so it's. I can it, see that. Um. So we 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 haven't dug into it again yet, but she's mentioned it a couple of times, like, oh yeah, this would be fun. And I also have not tried the first or the one player mode, so I don't know how that works or if that would be you know, worth playing or not. But um, yeah, we downloaded it as something to do as a couple. And it's just about the time we were kind of like, oh, we should give that another try. Mario Kart came out and, you know, that was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of uh, same, same for me because, um, you know, I, I knew of the game from uh, early kind of previews and stuff. And I thought, well, you know, this might be something that, uh, that Shannon and I could play. And I we I downloaded the demo 
and we played a little bit of it, and it was like, yeah, it was all right, but um, she's bigger into Mario Kart, and you know, we've been playing yeah. it for a couple That's years right. now, so it was like, that's the majority of our switch time is Mario Kart. So yeah, I haven't picked up snipper clips yet. Brian, I think you and I played for a little bit uh, just to try it out too, which I enjoyed it. But uh, you know, I just I I don't see myself picking it up right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely, like I said, Amanda doesn't really play video games, so it's mainly just something for us to play. But then I ended up sort of really enjoying it since. Mm-hmm since she seems to enjoy it so much and it's like you know okay it's something we could play together but uh you know i wouldn't be able to talk her into playing mario kart because she gets she gets like oh i don't play video games i feel stupid i feel like i don't know what i'm doing so I just no, that's why they have like the the auto drive features now you know the auto yeah, seriously steering <laughs> controls and all that she might actually dig that i don't know I will say that that is a fun feature because the other night I was sitting on the couch and, uh, you know, the wife and I wanted to play Mario Kart and our dog jumped up and like curled up on our lap and, you know, 65 pound lab laying (laughs) on top of me, had my right arm pinned. And I was like, I wonder if I could still do this. So I just held the Joy-Con, you know, in one hand and turned on all the steering uh, or the, the... no, I didn't turn on the steering one. I turned on the auto acceleration, and mm-hmm. so I just had my thumb to control the steering. Yeah, and basically, it it meant I couldn't use weapons, but I was still able to drive one handed, and <laughs> you know, still got a gold. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it was on fifty cc, so you know. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess that's all that. Like, I know all three of us have played. Is there mm-hmm. any other games that uh, you guys have been playing that you've been really enjoying? Uh, we got to give some credit to the fact that I know Wes and I are both a big fan of, um, for the retro gaming enthusiast, the Switch has basically become the first and best ever portable Neo Geo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, they kind of tried to do that back in the 90s and it didn't really work, but um, yeah, we're, we're waiting for the E3 conference and the release of an official virtual console, but until then, we've already gotten 15 uh neo geo titles released for eight bucks a piece and i mean if you followed that system like you'd know that that is just an absolute steal and you should yeah. be downloading all of these hundreds of dollars for one game versus oh my god yeah. yeah yeah and they're all very good arcade quality just some of the best games out there and uh yeah especially i mean if you're into like um like fighting games or shoot 'em ups or uh, stuff like that. I mean, they they're sort of the uh, kind of some of the quintessential arcade games that uh, you know didn't really rely on quarter feeding so much as there's some skill involved. So I mean, they're they're perfectly enjoyable. I think most of them hold up still to this day. Yeah, but I would recommend. It's, like, um, it's if really you just nice want to pick some of them on a pick some of them up. Yeah, Wes, you can chime in here too. But Blazing Star, if you like, shoot 'em up. Shoot 'em up is an amazing game. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mark of the Wolves just came out. One of the best fighting games out there. Um, Metal Slug, Metal Slug Three. You know, some great mm-hmm. platforming shooters, Contra style, but with a little bit more action. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of cartoony uh, humor and stuff to them too. Odds are, I mean, if if 
you're not familiar with the Neo Geo very much, odds are you've probably played something on the system because, uh, I mean, these systems were everywhere in the late 90s. Yeah. 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 See, I never really played much of the Neo Geo stuff. So every time I see something on there, I just kind of like, eh, never played it, don't know anything about it, mm. just kind of pass over it. But yeah, uh, maybe I'll give some of them a look. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any right now that they've released that are terrible by any means. There's some that are mediocre, but most of them are really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm curious to see what this, uh, what the virtual console is going to end up being like when it's finally uh, mm. sort of released or upgraded or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for that because one of the things I read, you know, with the paid online service that they were going to roll out was, you know, there'd be virtual console games, but they would have online multiplayer. Which again, you know, like digging retro games, like the fact that I could play, uh, potentially play Super NES games with online multiplayer is like a dream come true. Yeah, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do actually do it because, um, you know, to be able to just download the virtual console games, you know, it'll be like the, all the old systems. You don't need the paid online system. Mm-hmm. But they've also talked about like if you have, the paid system and granted this is all speculation you know they talked about like there's one free retro game download per month right um which you can download it for free play it as much as you want for that month at the end of the month it goes away Mm. um but you know it's it's just a way that like you can still get the taste of some of those old games you know without necessarily paying for it and if you play one and find it's like oh my god this was amazing then Okay, go pay the five bucks to download it. Um, what what will be interesting is I don't know whether they're going to do the you know system transfers. So if you have a Wii or a Wii U, oh, can I hope you still they do? I, I hope so too. Um, I don't know how many times I've paid for like the Super Mario games <laughs> just to, you know, just yeah. to not just have to buy them again once I move to a new system. Yeah, and and I mean you know. Paying for them to go from one console to the next, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. In this case, you know, I would honestly be willing to transfer. I mean, if you looked at my Wii, the um, the virtual console library I have in there is you know hundreds of dollars worth of games, mm-hmm. and I would potentially be willing to port it to my Switch, just knowing a Switch is now a handheld, and you know, a lot of those games I also have on the 3DS virtual console, but yeah, to have all of these games that I could then play on the big screen or pull it off and, you know, carry it around, you know, to work or on the couch or wherever else. It's like, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're throwing money away if you do not offer this because mm. we do it. Am well, I, am I going to re-download hundreds of dollars worth of games? No. But if you could let me transfer it and say, "Hey, for a buck each, you can transfer them over." Sure, you yeah. Know. Well, plus the the factor of having two controllers already on the system, and you know anybody else that grew up with these games, potentially the idea of you know, let's say if your purchases did transfer over, you know, then you could be just sitting there. It's like, oh, you want to you know play some uh, Double Dragon Two or some you know Super Mario World, and just hand them a Joy-Con. And just go from there. I mean, that's that's fantastic, right there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah agreed. Um, so, any uh, upcoming games you guys are excited about? 
I am very excited about Dragon Quest XI. Um, don't sounds know right, sounds when right. we're don't know when we're going to get a release. The probably ways off. Yeah, Japanese release for well, it's coming out for PS4, 3DS, and the Switch. Um, Japanese soon, although the Switch they still haven't released any videos or info for. So yeah. I don't know when we'll get the uh, Western release. Maybe this year, maybe not. But um, from what footage we've seen, it looks like you know take the Dragon Quest world, which I think a lot of gamers know, and put it into that open world style of uh, Breath of the Wild, and uh, you know you sold me. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um, I had I did pick up uh, Bomberman at launch, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that one, um, specifically because I thought that that franchise was dead and buried because there hasn't been a new one for quite some time. So when they first announced that um, they were making a new Bomberman game, I was kind of kind of surprised, and I found out it was some of the original developers that you know got on board and stuff like that, but. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and it has online multiplayer as well. There's a full story mode and co-op, all that stuff. But I get my ass handed to me online, but it's, um, I hate to, I hate to say it, but it's been a blast. So, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a lot of fun. And, um, I think there's even, they said there's going to be some free downloadable characters coming and Um, uh, you know, there's like Simon Belmont and pyramid head from silent Hill and, the ship from Gradius and just, you know, crazy little fun stuff like that. So nice. um, that one's been enjoyable. Uh, one I just finished that was really good. Again, if you're kind of into retro games was um, the remake of Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, which was a Sega Master System game. And it kind of played like a, like a Metroid Castlevania kind of game where you had different abilities and kind of a nonlinear progression to the game so you can go around and get these different things or whatever but the cool thing is um so you can switch on the fly ah switch you know um uh, <laughs> between the oh, west, west, west. right uh you can you can change between the old graphic style of the master system one and the like hand-drawn you know cel-shaded remake graphics and you can just kind of just hit the i think it's the right trigger and it just like screen wipes to the old one or to the new one, um, and you can That's do that really cool. sound effects too. So you can change the they have the retro sound effects, and then you can click the right thumbstick, and uh, they re-recorded I think all the music with like an actual orchestra and stuff like that. Um, so you can get like this whole full blown soundtrack, which is really cool. I never played the original game, but um, being able to play the new one and the old one kind of at the same time and see what the differences are is really a cool idea. Yeah, that's neat. So if you that like is those a cheap download. That. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, never played the first one, but I always thought it looked like a lot of fun. It actually so was. I was kind of excited to see that they were doing a sequel and you know that it was going to be on the Switch and stuff. So uh, that's probably the next game I'm like really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, um, they had a direct couple of days ago on a game called Arms, which I'm still not 100% on, but I've been kind of warming up to it a little bit. So it's like, uh, you know, kind of a one-on-one fighting game, but 
some motion controls or you can use a regular controller as well um so it's like you know these characters with extendable arms and stuff like that but um when i found out it was done by the mario kart team then i was kind of curious because i was like okay they haven't really had a, a poor game that they've ever released everything that they've done has been pretty good so i'm kind of curious about that but there's a free demo coming up i guess next week um kind of like what splatoon did where you can jump on and play for a little bit and test it out i think that comes out next month about a month from now nice so but splatoon i'm looking forward to that i played the first one quite a bit um you know it's fun because like most of the matches are you know a couple of minutes long so you can just jump in play several games and you know, go on do whatever else, but nice. Yeah. Um, well, anything else before we uh, wrap up? Nope. I think, uh, I can think of, I would just say if you're, if you're curious about the system, uh, if you know somebody that has one, uh, definitely check it out because it's one that, you know, it, it doesn't really click until you actually kind of have it in your hands and kind of play around with it. Uh, which and I'm also kind of surprised that there haven't been any like demo units in stores at all. I feel like that that would be something. Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't need to now because the systems are selling out all the time. But you know, if you had a way of getting it in somebody's hands to really kind of get a feel for it, I think that would really help too. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think that um, I mean, so much of what sold me was just the realizing that that gimmick of the switching between the console and the handheld is actually, you know, worthwhile and mm-hmm. has some value and it's not just, you know, yeah. dumb, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's three testimonials from three people who were anti, you know, or not sold to anti. I was just complete converts. So yeah, I was yeah. just gun shy after the Wii U a little bit, but everyone, right. you know, yeah, from all of us, yeah, going from eh, maybe at some point to like in the first month, like all three of us having it. So, uh-huh. yeah, they're still not available, but we have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, all right. So, if people are interested in hearing you guys talk about uh, some retro games, uh, where can they find you on the internet? Well, uh, of course, you can go to Geek Nerdery and uh, find our show from there. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Duck Graveyard. Um, you can check out our Facebook page, uh, Graveyard Duck. You can go to graveyardduck.com as well. Um, or you can shoot us an email, graveyardduckpodcast at gmail.com. For sure. And I would say if you're, uh, if you got a switch and you're interested in maybe playing some online games, head over to, uh, the geek nerdery group on Facebook uh, throw out your friend code. Just uh, you know, get some more friends, and uh, hopefully we get some uh, Mario Kart races in, or mm-hmm. I don't know whatever else uh, they got coming up. That's multiplayer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So check that out. Uh, yeah. Anything else before we uh, sign off? Nope. I think that uh, yeah. pretty much covers it. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for coming on. Uh, if you haven't yet, head over. And listen to uh, Graveyard Duck. Uh, it's a great time. And like I said at the beginning, not just a uh, sort of beat by beat review of games. It's more of a personal experience playing video games and uh, just sort of reflecting on what what 
certain games mean to you and like sort of your nostalgia for them and stuff, which I think is a lot of fun. So mm. everybody should stop and check that out. Um, but yeah, uh, you can hit us up at uh, geeknerdery.com. You can always email us uh, geeknerdery at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, stop by the website and find out what your geek nerdery is.